Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Drip Podcast, the podcast where we need movies like we need our coffee. As always, I am Scott Lentz, joined by my good friend and co-host, Christian Ubius. And Christian, we are actually coming together after a brief unintentional pause in, in releasing episodes here. Just a big apology uh, to the folks out there who, who look forward to our episode releases. I'm going to tell you right now, the past couple months have been trash in terms of sticking to a Friday schedule. Indeed. The, the schedule has been a little bit up and down. But we're still here. But we're still here. <laughs> we're not going anywhere. And to be frank, the reason for the delay, it's a little bit of both of our faults. But with you, Christian, normally having good reasons for not being available to record and me normally having bad reasons not to be available to record. Like leaving the state or having to move to a new apartment well yeah like you 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 moved recently but i overslept one day and also (laughs) managed to break my modem and spectrum needed to come out and replace it and fix my wi-fi break your modem get this there was an outage in my area but before i got the text i tried to restart my modem and router as you are supposed to do when your wi-fi goes out just to make sure that things are still working power Mm -hmm. cycle it a little bit and i went down there Mm mm-hmm in the modem, yeah. I went to pull it out from where the perch it was sitting on a little bit. And it's kind of tucked away in our okay. apartment. Yeah. And when I pulled it back, something popped out. And I really didn't pull with that much force. It was a very mild amount of force just to get it closer to me. Okay. And I realized the thing that had popped out was the connecting point for what's called the coaxial cable. Which, if you don't That's know the what white that cable, is, right? that is the white cable that, sure. ha- that screws into your modem, basically. Yeah, yeah. So... I thought at first I had just popped the cable out and it needed to be screwed back in, but somehow I literally pulled that piece out of the modem. So even though our Wi-Fi network was still up and available and it looked like it was out there in the world, it was not connected to the internet. The network itself (laughs) survived. My connection to the internet did not. So thank you to Moses from Spectrum who talked with me. Shout out Moses. Talked with me about video games, Uh the need for Ethernet cables to connect Mm -hmm. directly to the network. And for fixing my internet and, and potentially making it run a little more smoothly as well by fixing a couple of our connections elsewhere. So <laughs> that was the saga of, of us not recording about today's movie, White Men Can't Jump, until a couple weeks later. But we're here, folks. We're you want here. to tell a story about someone that I know? Sure, Christian. Tell us a story about someone you know, preferably your one-on-one basketball partner if you have one. Oh, I do not have one. That being said, I still don't have one. However, I have a coworker, and I sent this story in our group chat, and no one responded, and I got really sad because sometimes I'll send messages, and you and Keenan and Kaysen are just dead silent, and I will respect Kaysen's silence because he's probably out there saving lives. Shout out to Dr. Kaysen. Shout out to Dr. Kaysen. You and Keenan have absolutely, you are on the computer all day. That, to be fair, no excuse. I work from home. On my computer all day. <laughs> so, <laughs> at least I'm supposed to be on the computer all day. Don't tell me that you are not on Facebook checking. I reply to messages in a timely manner when when available and when a response is necessary. Because sometimes, Christian, we'll be talking about a movie and you'll chime in with some non-sequitur about how you have a co-worker who once met James Woods in the bathroom at a Miley Cyrus concert. And we're like, cool, Christian. Anyway, back to our hype for the Super Mario Brothers movie. Or if you're me, no, so potential this, lack okay. thereof. <laughs> so one of my co-workers. Okay. 
I, 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 you, you remember this because this was yesterday that I sent this message out. Okay, this will be a test for me, I suppose. So I was just staring at him because I, he looked like a celebrity I knew. And I, I asked him, hey, have you ever been mistaken for someone or has someone ever told you that you look like a certain celebrity? And he looks at me and he goes, well, I've gotten fat Chris Hemsworth from Endgame before. And I go, oh, that's okay. And then he goes, yeah, there was one time in high school when there was this girl that kept staring at me and I thought she was into me. And so she came up to me and I go, hi. And she goes, hey, you look like Chris Pratt. And he, he goes, oh, yay, Guardians of the Galaxy. And she goes, no, Parks and Rec. And that was that was a tough time. I didn't know how to respond to that. That's a tough look for that guy. That's, that's a also tough, that's a tough time. Significantly more detail than you offered us in the group chat. You just said you had a coworker who was told he looked like Chris Pratt and Chris Hemsworth, and that was that was it. I very much gave details. Okay, well, we'll we'll figure that out later, Christian, because we're not here to talk about either Chris Pratt <laughs> or Chris Hemsworth. We're here to talk about Wesley Snipes and, and Woody, Woody Harrelson, Harrelson and, and Rosie, Rosie Perez. Perez. Look at us. We didn't even plan that. We were just in sync. As I, I just mentioned a second ago, and if you recall from our previous episode, today's movie is White, White Men, Men Can't, Can't Jump. Jump as we continue on with our basketball movie, Blend of the Month. Christian, you are the curator for Cinema Drip this mm -hmm. month. So talk me through your thought process in White Man Can't Jump, aside from the obvious and that it's a fairly beloved movie from the 90s, has some notable actors in it. Uh, I'm curious what got you to choose it over some other options. Okay, I knew that Rosie Perez had at one point in her life and career been nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress, and I thought it was this movie. And I finished the movie, and I'm like, makes sense. Makes sense. Academy Award nominee. And it was not this movie. And so, I, I, I don't know. I just I just knew it had Woody Harrelson. I knew it had I knew it had Wesley Snipes. I knew it had Rosie Perez. And it's just a movie that people who watched it in theaters love. Absolutely love. And even now is a premier stalwart of the basketball genre, which I had never known. And Ron Shelton also has just made movie after movie in these sports genres. For example, Blue Chips, a movie that you said we could not watch for this Cinema Drip Marathon. Why did I say that? You said that the um, letterbox score for Blue Chips was too low. Well, you were also trying to suggest things like Celtic Pride and Like Teen Mike. Wolf. Teen Wolf. <laughs> Which... Uh... Teen Wolf, maybe, but the other movies definitely had very low letterboxed scores. Blue Chips just kind of got caught with that, unfortunately. No, but I think he's most known for... People will probably best know him for this movie and also Bull Durham. Bull, yeah, Bull Durham, yeah. Oh, Bull Durham. I'm sorry. I have not seen the movie. Oh, apparently he wrote the screenplay for Bad Boys 2. Indeed he did. <laughs> I love it when I find stuff out on air. But oh, there's also this movie called Cobb. What's Cobb about? About the baseball player Ty Cobb. Oh, cool. All right. And also Blaze. Based on the 1974 memoir, Blaze star My Life is Told to Huey Perry. The film stars some people. You're just reading Ron Shelton's filmography out of order <laughs> <laughs> off of Wikipedia? Um, 
Oh, okay. This is this is a non-sports movie because it tells the fictionalized story of the later years of Earl Young, a flamboyant governor of Louisiana, brother of assassinated governor and U.S. Senator Huey P. Long. Okay. Yeah. So, so those are the four movies that we associate with Ron Shelton. Those are those his top four on Letterboxd or something? No, those are the only four that I gave attention to. Okay, good. Well, yeah. I haven't heard of a couple of those, but Ron Shelton is probably most known for his sports movies. White Men Can't Jump being one of the most notable. Bull Durham actually garnered him an Oscar nomination. It was his debut film. He had worked in other roles on films and worked in TV, but Bull Durham was his directorial debut and got him an Oscar nomination, inspired by his own experiences as a minor league baseball player. And Ron course, Shelton was a minor league baseball player? Do your research, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, he did write Blue Chips, but also directed Tin Cup, a, a reuniting with Kevin Costner, another sports movie there. So maybe the ones that he is most known for, to the best of my knowledge. Okay. Now, we've got, we've got Wesley Snipes, we have Woody Harrelson, and we have Rosie Perez. Now, Rosie Perez is still acting. All three of them are still acting. I think that Rosie Perez is still, to me, noticeable because she was a supporting actress in, um, sure, Birds of Prey. Indeed she was. Indeed she was. <laughs> However, I know her as a supporting actress in in The Flight Attendant, which is a, a show that co-stars and has the lead of Kaylee Cuoco, yeah. who we'll know from The Big Bang Theory, and that show did earn her a Primetime Emmy Award nomination. So that is where my current... Not, and she was also a co-host on The View at some point. Now... <laughs> Other important jobs that Rosie Perez has had. Award-winning acting roles and a co-host of The View. Now, Woody Harrelson, I think he was still on Cheers when this movie came out. He was. I, Cheers ended in 1993, I think. This is my brief research coming back to me. So this movie came out in 1992. So he was probably... Maybe after working on this, he worked in the final season of Cheers... And then he was off to the races with his movie career. Wesley Snipes, people, and you probably best know him as Blade. Indeed, I do best know him as Blade. But he he is a, a true action star in the later 90s after this. He not only makes Blade, but he makes movies like Demolition Man with Sylvester Stallone, which is a, a great, dumb action movie. The Expendables 3. He's in the, one of the Expendables movies. Um, he, he had made a lot of different types of movies, I should say. He wasn't just an action star, but did make some big action movies. He is the, the hero in the Blade trilogy of movies, which have diminishing returns, but he is always good in them. And his career, unfortunately, does tail off. Uh, he had some legal problems, unfortunately, that was part of that. Some, some tax issues, <laughs> I believe. Uh, that didn't help him, unfortunately, but... He is, he's had a few roles in bigger movies recently. I believe he was in um, Dolomite Is My Name, which was... Um, I love Dolomite Is My Name. Eddie Murphy, yeah. um, movie about Rudy Ray Moore, and hopefully we'll get more Wesley Snipes in the future, because he's just a great presence in movies. Okay, question for you, Scott. Yes. How many foods do you know that begin with the letter Q? How many foods do I know that begin with the letter Q? Um, the one that came to mind when it came up in this movie was quiche. Yes. Um, does quail count do yes it quail? does we do eat quail we do eat quail that might be it i know of quinoa quinoa that's a good one i see living in la I'm, i mean what am i what am <laughs> i fake white guy living in west la but uh okay that's that's we should talk about another plot of the movie because it it, it has something this this is important in the movie <laughs> foods that start with the letter q is important in the movie 
Indeed it is, Christian. Woody Harrelson plays Billy Hoyle, who's a hustler. And the the common belief is that white men are not as good at playing basketball as black men in, in this point in time. And also just, you know, that, that's still a common stereotype. He go he moves to L.A. or to the L.A. area and then starts to hustle people. Um, he hustles Wesley Snipes' character. Now, Wesley Snipes is playing Sidney... What's his last name? Dean. Sidney Dean. So he hustles Sidney Dean, who then says, you and I should join partners and try to hustle other people. And that brings about its own complications as Sidney turns on Billy, this and that, and money, and all over the place. Cool. Now, Rosie Perez is here because she plays Gloria, who is Billy's girlfriend at the time, who is someone desperately trying to get into Jeopardy. And so one of the topics that she studies are foods that start with the letter Q alongside... What else? She studies other things. Oh, U- U.S. history. Books of the Bible. Books of the Bible. Yes. All those important things to know to make an appearance on Jeopardy. Now, important character flaws. Billy has a gambling? Would it be a gambling problem? I would certainly call it a gambling problem. <laughs> also a confidence problem. <laughs> because where he, he digs him and Gloria into deeper and deeper holes because of his own confidence and his basketball playing ability. And this movie is about guys who who bet with each other to win games of two-on-two, usually sometimes one-on-one, of course. But the hustle comes with Sydney being... Uh, an outspoken, loudmouth kind of player who tells the guys he's playing with, I can beat you with anybody here. And then Billy is sitting around looking frumpy and they say, well, all right, you get to play with that white guy over there. And they say, oh no, not the white guy. And then he and Billy come in and, and they play very well. And <laughs> and so and then Sydney throws a game yeah. because in order to hustle money out of Billy they get very upset. He is trying to, alongside his wife, trying to move into a better apartment building or to a house. They're trying to buy a house. Right. They, they have. It is interesting to see their divergent financial needs where mm-hmm. Billy and Gloria are just trying to stay afloat. They're living in hotels. And we also get the sense that there is, there's something that they're running from. Early on in the movie, we see these guys kind of chasing after them. And Billy and Gloria... I completely forgot about that. They, they have to escape the hotel that they're staying in and literally run to another like on foot and meanwhile sydney has a wife and does he have a kid i'm pretty sure has a child yeah yeah yes. like he has a, yes, he has, he a, has a family that he's trying to take care of and not only is he a hustler on the basketball court but he is a, a hustler just in real life in terms of his his work ethic his multiple jobs that he works and trying to hustle his way towards a better life for his family and even to the point where he doesn't allow his wife to work a job he wants you know he wants to have a life where she can stay at home and take care of the kids and and he's the one out working and whether or not you know we don't evaluate the (laughs) whether somebody should stay at home with the kids or not but just that's his mindset of he really wants to provide for his family and give them a better life okay are you ready for your opening question scott I sure am, Christian. Can we mention a, a couple other quick deal, details about the movie before we move along? Sure. So just just wanted to point out the fact that White Men Can't Jump is a big summer movie. It, it comes out in March, uh, March 27th of 1992, but had more staying power in theaters because that's the way it worked back then. 
And although it was made for a pretty large budget of around $31 million, it did bring in over $90 million back at the global box office. So just a, a big, successful, fun movie. Maybe not quite summer, having it come out in March, uh, and primarily playing in April and May. But still, uh, a very popular, very just a successful movie that helped to launch the careers of Wesley and Woody and caught Rosie Perez literally right as she's about to get nominated for an Oscar for a different, or for a movie that comes out a year later. Woody Harrelson gets an Oscar nomination later in the 90s, his first of three at this point in his career. Mm-hmm. Wes was about to become a huge star. So just catching all these people at the right time and catching Ron Shelton while his career is still taking off as well. We ready? We're ready. Okay. Who won the movie, Scott? Was it Snipes or was it Harrelson? P.S. <laughs> I was going to say this if you didn't. The correct answer is Rosie Perez. <laughs> you know, Christian, I, I admire Rosie Perez. <laughs> I look forward to you singing her praises. Are you telling me that you don't think Rosie Perez won this movie? Well, I think the winner of this movie is Wesley Snipes. He's the one that I came away with the most affection for, if I'm being completely honest with myself okay look you have made many mistakes in your life and this is just going to be added to those sure christian i will say for the the dynamic duo at the center of this movie woody is great but i think his the story of his that he gets caught up in his his sort of solo narrative compared to wesley's just didn't work as well for me and there are times when the tone of this movie goes a little awry and that was that's something i'm looking forward to unpacking with you and, and just getting your take on i just found sydney dean's character more fun to watch <laughs> most of the time and his actual story like the narrative that he's on a bit more compelling even though there's not not really a full narrative arc for him he he ends the movie in a similar place to where he begins it but I just loved watching Wesley Snipes in this movie, so that was my answer. Uh, although I, I, I will hear and, and receive with graciousness your Rosie Perez defense here. I mean, I think that she's just fantastic. I think that she's the only one in this in this movie. Okay, sure, Wesley Snipes you can make the argument for, but she's the only one in this movie who's like looking upward. She's the only one in this movie who I think is not stupid, who knows not to hustle people, and who... I mean, when she is given the chance and the opportunity, because she finally does end up in Jeopardy, to take that going forward because she has studied, you know, she has prepared. She's not trying to, I mean, the big break is the opportunity to do it. It's not, you know, someone giving her a bunch of money. She's also hilarious. She's also incredibly sexy in all of the scenes that she's in. Gee, I, I don't know. I just feel like there's a liveliness and energy that comes about from her and the hopefulness that she has as, as, as having a future forward that I thought was something Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes had. And then this is, maybe this is the complaint that you have to this movie too. It feels like 60 or 70% of the way into this movie, it completely changes. Or, or it's not fun anymore or just gets really dark the the yeah there, there's some darkness that does seep in and it really does feel like white men can't jump could have benefited from just being sunny and goofy and fun and that's not to say that comedies can't have serious plot elements or that 
genuinely serious and hard-hitting dramas can't have moments of levity but the way the movie starts is as such a straightforward kind of bro-ish comedy almost it's not like frat boyish it's just like manly masculine types of comedy the main characters are men playing basketball peacocking on the court mm-hmm. but I do, I, I mean, I do like Gloria as a character, and Rosie Perez is, of course, a compelling actress. It's just that the, I, I don't know, I, I was just more compelled by Sidney Dean as a character than I was at Billy and Gloria's tempestuous relationship <laughs> and how their romantic drama feels like it's coming from a different movie. And I actually do really like the place where Gloria ends the movie. And maybe we can we can talk about that further into the review just to give people a chance to you know receive a full spoiler warning or whatever. But I, I do like what they do with her character by the end. I think that's actually a, a pretty unique thing as sports movies go, where, where Shelton takes the movie there. But I, it's not like I have anything any ill will <laughs> towards the Gloria character. I just really love Wesley Snipes in this movie. <laughs> I would pick Gloria over Billy for what it's worth. Much love to Woody Harrelson, but Billy Hoyle is. Sometimes a frustrating character to root for. <laughs> okay, there is... I don't, I, we're, we're just going to be jumping all over the place. There is a part in this movie that I thought was a joke. Okay, so you, you know when Sydney, when, when Gloria discovers that Billy was hustled by Sydney. Yes. I thought, brilliant, honestly. Like, that's a cool twist that you didn't see coming. That being said, I wish we'd gotten like a couple more games in. Of them two hustling other people I, before we got there. I fully agree. Even a montage. Yes. That, that's where a montage would have come in handy. Because there's already, again, a bunch of great music mm-hmm. here. And, and, and of course, the theme, one of the themes of the movie, it's obviously called White Men Can't Jump. It's about two basketball players who use the fact that one of them is white to <laughs> cover his ability on the basketball court in but this predominantly only, we, black We get uh, one game sport. where they hustle people doing that. Right. And, and it feels like this could have been a moment to... Uh, the reason I was mentioning all that is because the music here, like, the mu- there's a lot of hip-hop, there's, 90s R&B great. and stuff like that. There also is some white artists mixed in, of course, especially when, when Billy is in charge of the radio or the, the, you know, whatever cassette they're playing in the car. But could have been a great moment, fit in a two- or three-minute montage... Have some, uh, yeah, and like another great 90s hip-hop song playing while they're, you know, hit, fitting in behind the back passes, pulling up from three, Sydney's pulling off some even more acrobatic layups. There, like, there, there was opportunity here to work with the concept a little bit more before rushing to the next plot beat. And it's not like this is a 90-minute movie either. There's, a, there's some meat on the bone, but... It's a two-hour movie? I don't know if it's that quite that long, but it's closer than... Closer to two hours than hour and a half. Okay. But I totally agree there. Like, there should have been a little bit more time with the two as just a a, a pair uh, yeah. before we get to Sydney then ripping off Billy. Which kind of makes sense. Like, these guys barely know each other and, and Billy ripped off, you know, like, he hustled Sydney first. But I, I agree with you there. I wish there was a little bit more with the two of them. Okay. That's not even the part of the movie I was talking about. But when, when uh, Billy bets Sydney five thousand dollars that he can dunk and sydney gives him three tries i legit thought that billy was trying to hustle sydney and i thought that he had failed his first two attempts in order to like just dunk it on the third and then he misses it he really can't dunk and i go white men really can't jump christian (laughs) 
And I go, this went from a beautiful screenplay technique to stupid. This is, I, I just, I, I can't, I, I just couldn't like his character at that point. And all of the charisma that he had oozed out in the beginning of the movie just, just left. Well, you know, I think that's part of the point of the Bill of Hill character because he, his problems with wagering, hustling, gambling, betting, whatever you want to call it, his problems with his own basketball ability and confidence just gets him in deep into trouble all the time because he and Gloria are trying to save their money to move up to that next phase in life, get something a little more reliable than than hotel, going from hotel to hotel and getting out of this situation they're in with these guys that are chasing them. I just don't think it. Okay, you're 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 right. It just doesn't track with the tone that the movie set in the beginning because we have such an energetic, likable talented basketball player and in one scene it just undoes all of that i i mean i don't think that's the scene that undoes anything and and especially when you think about a sports movie archetype most sports movies feature underdogs or teams that are struggling to become the champion and they always have to hit hardship along the way and but movies will even change it. Like, we talked about Remember the Titans on the show. Okay, in yeah. real life, that team was undefeated and, like, kicked everybody's butt. <laughs> and then the movie, they make it seem like they get into a lot more close games. They have a couple of losses. and Because people want drama. Because people yeah, want drama, serious. yeah. And, and so, I I think that... It's that, not a natural screenplay thing, and I'm going to tell you why. Because they're just driving home in a car, and Billy says... I don't know why I said in a car. I don't know. I, they could have been riding the bus, Christian. I mean, sure, 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 sure. <laughs> They're just driving home, and Billy turns to Sydney and says, "Look, man, I can jump. I'll prove it to you. I bet you five. It, it feels, it feels like he is trying. I don't know. It, it feels forced. I, I, I just don't. I don't say because that moment too. Like it's coming off of. These guys have this great moment where they enter a tournament. There's yes. some other really talented duos. I love the tournament. Such a fun scene. Yeah. And, and at the tournament, Billy really gets his uh, his trash talk game going. Mm-hmm. And Sydney, from the moment we, we meet this guy, is constantly trash talking. And there he is spitting so much game <laughs> on the court, trying to mess with the guys that he's playing so he can get a competitive edge. And we see Billy at the tournament, and, and Sydney is serious about the money, but Billy is getting like all up in people's business. And they find they come through and they win this tournament. It's a great scene. The I, I want to talk about how they shoot the basketball at some point because it's I I was a fan. But we see how even at the top of his game, where he's just won this tournament and they win ten thousand dollars a split between the two of them, Billy can't resist the urge to go double or nothing, and he can't resist the urge to win more money. And for him, it's not even. It, it, it's like it could have been twenty-five bucks or five grand. It could have been five dollars or ten thousand. Like he has that impulse in him that he can't resist, even even though losing that money is going to have dire consequences for him. I just here's where I I will disagree. It feels like in other places he was goaded or led on, and. That's... But I think he was. Like I, I kind of see Sydney. Not you know... in that car. They were driving back in kind of silence. He's the one who brought it up. <laughs> so if he had been goaded, or if he had been, he was being made fun of by Sydney, and Sydney makes fun of him a ton of times, and that's where he decides to get into the, I bet, I bet you that I can dunk. 
then I would have been like, okay, this is sad. This is a tragic end to this character, but I can see how this is a natural progression. Um, but let's talk about how they're shooting the basketball scenes. I love it for one simple reason, and that is, oh, one, the, the sun is gorgeous in this movie. The lighting is fantastic. You mean like the actual sun, like the star in the sky? Like the star in the sky. <laughs> And, and, and the, the bright colors popping off and also the music. Now, I know you like Hoosiers. And yes, I too like Hoosiers. I do like Hoosiers. A very different movie from White Men Can't Jump. <laughs> there are white men in Hoosiers, though. None of them can <laughs> jump. Let's be very clear. White men can shoot. White men can't jump. Um, the, actually, that, that, that brings up a point I'll wanna, I wanna, I'll talk about later, but... Um, there's the soaring violin, you know, like the, the, the emotionally manipulative score that Hoosiers employs. Absolutely. Like that. Remember the Titans employ, employs here. It's just energetic hip hop and R and B that I don't know. feels much more natural. feels much more like what these people would be listening to. feels more so like a realistic basketball game and not a movie trying to get you to soar in terms of, oh, they're going to beat the people at the end. Yeah, that's one of the ways that white men can't jump. It at times feels a little bit like an anti-sports movie where, yes, of course, it's a, a movie about guys playing sports. It's a sports movie. But they're trying to undercut a lot of the cliches of the genre. This isn't about... There could have been a movie where the tournament they play in the middle of the of the story here is the big thing that we're building up to at the end. And this other duo that they play at the tournament, we see them all throughout the movie. They're constantly going back and forth, and there's some big drama on the line, and all culminate to this tournament. But that's not where this movie ends. And like you said, it could have had this like big sweeping, swooning score, but no, it's primarily just a soundtrack, and it's pulling in lots of great music. Lots of again, '90s hip hop and R&B. Occasionally, Billy gets to play some of his music or whatever. They talk about he actually plays Jimi Hendrix at one point, so he's not only listening to white artists or something weird like that. But I, I, that is kind of the feeling that Shelton is going for uh, of changing how sports movies can be, and the way that they shoot the basketball too. Like you said, I mean, I just it's just so fun to watch. Where mm-hmm. it's really Woody and Wesley playing out there. Mm-hmm. They were chosen. For the movie, of course, primarily for their acting abilities, but they also had to work with a trainer to <laughs> work on their basketball because apparently neither of them were particularly good before, funnily enough. And I, I forget who it was, but the trainer said that they were good enough for D two basketball. Yeah, by the they end. were good enough to play Division two college basketball. That's which, a good compliment. That's a really high compliment. It is, and I think we. I mean, it, March Madness is happening. It's why we're doing it. Uh, and the month of March here. Northwestern lost to UCLA, and I was very sad. Sorry. I was very sad. And Ohio State didn't even make the tournament this year. So. <laughs> it's uh, we, we can both we what is, more. What's a Buckeye? Uh, it, it, it's an, a nut from the Buckeye tree. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, is, is, is Miami University of Ohio a, a D1 school? They are. That, <laughs> it's sad that you have to even ask. <laughs> um... <laughs> But, you know, like, we, we forget how good basketball... Like, if you're playing college basketball, you are a very good basketball player, even if you're playing Division Two. So the fact that they were given that compliment says a lot about it. And you get to actually see these guys play. And Shelton uses a ton of slow motion, slowing things down, so you can see these guys, whether they're it's 
pulling off a, a slick dribbling move or making a, a tight window pass or just seeing kind of like the graceful beauty of going up for a layup around the another player. smack talk is fantastic that they are employing constantly throughout it this is so smart good. and witty dialogue i don't know how much of it was actually on the screenplay or how much of it was improv but oh man it just flowed off the tongue i mean it it almost like explodes at you like there's a little i wouldn't call it a cold open because it does feature woody harrelson walking up to the the courts yeah. at santa monica where they start this movie and there are there's some old guys who are singing i forget what they call them within the movie but uh billy walks up it's to the yeah Billy walks up to them, he listens to them, and, and uh, asks the way to the court. But then right after that, we get Sidney on the court with his friends playing, and the, like it is a, an insult every 10 seconds. Like These guys just constantly Yo Mama going jokes. back and forth. Lots of Yo Mama jokes. Way, uh, way before your Mama jokes really like entered the mainstream to the point where I, a, a suburban kid growing up in Northeast Ohio, would tell my friends Yo Mama jokes. I and think of course, Fresh that would be Prince like of Bel Air was the one that popularized them for me, at least. Yeah, I, but so, I, I, I don't really know the genesis of Yo Mama jokes, but <laughs> it's, again, this is so. There are some classic Yo Mama jokes here. There's a great scene in an episode of Fresh Prince of Bel Air where 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 Will Smith is there with his fiance, and, and she's trying to imitate him. So she turns to some people who have been mean to them, and she goes, "Your mother," and then leaves. And Will Smith looks at her and goes, baby, baby, it's your mama. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I wish I'd written down some more of the actual lines of dialogue because so many of them are so funny. But the one that I did <laughs> make sure to write down, um, I I need to double check who the actor is who is uh, <laughs> who actually says this. Because there's this guy who's kind of like Sydney's uh, his, his number two on the court before Billy shows up. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, I want to say it's Kadeem Hardison. Uh, Kadeem Hardison playing Junior. <laughs> At one point, Patricia Junior says to Sydney or S- Billy or Sydney, I forget who, but says, if we lose this game, I'm going to go home and kill myself. And I don't want to do that. <laughs> it's like, it just, uh, that's that's the kind of joke that, that you are in for. Uh, these guys who are just talking like normal people. <laughs> and talking like normal guys that you would hear talking yeah. trash on the basketball court. I know we said that that remember the Titans, um, you know, ended racism. <laughs> Obviously, there have been no incidents of racism since that movie came out. I mean, come on. But did white men can't jump start the ending racism? Yo, this is <laughs> this is a lot. This is a very much coming together movie. Indeed, it is. <laughs> the power of friendship between <laughs> black folks and white folks. Epitomized and Hispanic people acting as the intermediaries. That's right, Christian. Of course, <laughs> Hispanic people burdened with pushing white people along in their personal journeys. Okay, okay. We have not talked nearly enough about Rosie Perez. So I did want to ask: Did you like the Jeopardy scene at the end? Oh my gosh! I mean, it does feel like a little bit of a spoiler to say that yes, she does get on Jeopardy. But I mean, this is mostly a comedy, so things things tend to work the way you expect them for these characters. I thought the way that they actually got her on Jeopardy was a little bit silly <laughs> because they uh, they get a security guard. They, they, yeah, oh one of the guys God. who hustles Billy with Sydney, we find out works at the studio where they shoot Jeopardy. He's so like a security. That would be guard Columbia Pictures at Columbia. There you go. And so Billy tries to call in a favor from Sydney, and they go to a different court 
where this other guy and his one his two on two partner are playing, and they eventually get get to the knowledge of like Billy's asking him to put in a good word for Gloria to get on the show, and he's like, if you can pull off this ridiculous shot from really far away, I'll do it. And it's it's like a great moment where Billy makes this stupid hook shot, which if you're not familiar with basketball, he has to like throw it over his head, basically not shoot with a normal basketball form. And it's like a great basketball moment, but also so silly that a that a security guard could put in a good word for someone with the producers of Jeopardy and get this random woman put onto the show. <laughs> but you know, Christian, I <laughs> in the ways that this movie stretches believability of certain things, I I will accept it. I will allow it because the Jeopardy scene is so fun to watch. And she, Rosie, like, sparkles <laughs> while she's on set. She literally tells Billy, you see, I told you Jeopardy would call. How did they... So did the security guard get Jeopardy executives to call? Because they... they I, I'm assuming there was some kind of conversation behind the scenes. Maybe he was in the break room and he, like, he knew someone who was maybe, like, a page or an assistant to one of the producers and was like hey i've got this friend who would be great she's been studying forever you guys should give her a call but who knows like these <laughs> studios are such big and complex enterprises <laughs> the re- like really trying to get a security guard to get someone on jeopardy would be a much taller task i was on the sony lot recently and i i was in the right next to where people line up to get on Jeopardy. And I think they make them take a test. So maybe he was able to get her to be in line to take the test. Maybe. Because I thought to be on the show, you had to maybe like compete in like a bigger group setting. I don't know. I don't know either. I, I was once in the audience for The Price is Right, and you just show up for that. And they pick people who show up to be a part of the audience that day. And it's But The Price is Right. Free, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. But The Price is Right isn't... There's a little bit of skill involved, of course, if you get pulled on the stage, guessing how much things cost or whatever. But it's not the skill that gets you chosen. It's like your your kooky energy when you're <laughs> walking in. So I'm not sure exactly how. But to see Alex good Trebek... Good for her. Good, good for, for her. Rosie Perez, good man. for Gloria. And to see Alex Trebek walk out <laughs> when you realize what's happening just filled me with joy uh, seeing seeing early 90s trebek get up there <laughs> talking to early 90s rosie perez and two of the frumpiest looking dudes you've ever seen in your entire life <laughs> as she goes to town on these fools she she's fantastic and, and you're like rooting for her oh you're absolutely like, oh man <laughs> she's oh fantastic okay now did you know that foods that start with a letter q had not actually been used as a Jeopardy category before this movie. But they did use it later on because they realized it's a great category. <laughs> it's a real fact. True fact, according to the internet. One of the, um, another one of the categories, I think, was either Books of the Bible or something along those lines. And so I'm like, oh, she was studying that earlier. Um, also, like, after she wins, she, she starts talking with Billy about how okay, if I win this and obviously going to win the championship, so that'll bring our earnings to $60,000 a year. And I go, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is crazy how much people who are successful and go on a run win from Jeopardy. Mm -hmm. Because obviously if you do well in an individual episode, you can take home a lot of money. But if you win multiple in a row, even after tax, you're bringing home a nice little nest egg there. So either way, good for Gloria. (laughs) Um, Okay. You can replace 
one character in this movie with Russell Crowe. Who is it? <laughs> as we uh, as we discovered the comedy of last week or a couple of weeks ago on <laughs> our previous episode, talking about getting Russell Crowe into love and basketball since he was in Gladiator <laughs> at the time. Here's my answer, Christian. Yeah. Imagine if mm-hmm. Gloria walks out onto that Jeopardy stage. And who who walks who walks out across from her? Is that Alex Trebek? No, it's Russell Crowe. That was gonna be my answer. <laughs> <laughs> that was gonna be my answer. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was that was genuinely unplanned. <laughs> it's amazing. Yes. Yes. Oh, we're in sync today, man. Just early 90s. I don't even know if he's made Romper Stomper at this point. Uh, Russell Crowe with a thick Australian drawl <laughs> asking Rosie Perez if she knows foods that start with a letter Q. Oh, my. That was. Uh, I'm glad we were on the same page there. I don't think that was a Russell Crowe. That was, I don't know, that was a Crocodile Dundee or something? I mean, sure, just me doing a a gravelly Australian, bad Australian accent. Now, this movie comes out in the year 1992, right? Yes, it does. So, Unforgiven wins Best Picture. Yes, it does. Emma Thompson wins Best Actress. Yes, she does. Replace one character with Emma Thompson, who is it? (laughs) Replace one character with Emma Thompson. Um, Because I know who it should be. Okay. Uh, you know, Christian, I I do hate to uh, to pull a, a classic Hollywood casting premise of replacing a non-white mm-hmm. actress with a known white actress. And as much as I appreciate Tyra Farrell as Sydney's wife, Rhonda, I'm at having Sydney yeah. come home to Emma, to Emma Thompson, yes. a dignified British woman whose husband <laughs> hustles on the basketball court. That would be pretty funny. I'm just going to say. Tyra Farrell is, is very good in limited scenes here in the movie. We haven't gotten to talk too much about her, but as the uh, not quite beleaguered wife of Sydney, but just as someone who's trying to, you know, she wants to work hard for the family too. She wants to, she wants to actually get a job because Sydney has insisted that she stay home with her child mm-hmm. and she not have to worry about that. Yeah. He's going to take care of her. But as I navigate that marital tension, and she deals with her desire to get out of the area where they're living and get to somewhere that's at least a home and, you know, a little bit nicer. She she has a limited work to do, but she's uh, great in the movie. Although, to replace her with Emma Thompson would have great comedic value. <laughs> so, you see, I would have replaced Woody Harrelson with Emma Thompson. <laughs> white men can't jump, but white women I, I will say Emma Thompson in like like sweatpants and a sweatshirt. Hustling people. Just raining. absolutely raining down three-pointers. Uh, <laughs> Tell me that wouldn't be a better movie. I, I don't know if it would be a better movie because the, the bounds of, of reality would have been stretched within. She would have had a trainer. Uh, white women can play basketball, although to watch Emma Thompson play basketball, you know, now I'm sure at this point we could find clips. She's probably a great basketball player, Emma Thompson. Uh, but, now, you know, that would be pretty funny. So um, that's it for the movie. Next week, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you do your spiel. I'm going to let you do your whatever you're going to do right now. 
However, I will say, um, just so that you watch out, next week uh, we will be talking about Coach Carter. And so I will be looking at the movies that won Oscars in 2006 and who we can replace with them. So next week you're going to have a lineup of Russell Crowe, Emma Thompson, and whoever I choose. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I have to familiarize myself with these Oscars then and, and make it clear. Yeah. I will say, Christian, because we alluded to it, can we do a little bit of spoiler talk? Just talk about the ending of the movie and where it lands. Okay. So, um, he bets... Gloria wins Jeopardy. She gives him some money. He bets it trying to beat these people in order for Sydney to get... Yeah, there's they're like great street ball players who are back in LA and they're they're hosting games mm-hmm. and you know whoever wants to challenge them can. You got to put a certain amount of money down. And Sydney tells Billy about this opportunity. Billy's like, oh, I'm going to you know win, win my way back or mm-hmm. whatever. And Gloria's very unsure uh, of him gambling i mean she's not unsure she says don't do it just like i gave you money you can use it to go interview for jobs you can get yourself some new clothes maybe mm-hmm. a suit whatever and by this point in the movie too we alluded to these guys who were chasing them we find out that uh, billy and gloria have some like debts back in uh new york or new jersey wherever they're from that they are running from but this the situation has been cleared up and they got these guys off their back so now they're kind of in the clear financially and he wins, but she says that if you, she says that if he bets her money, she will walk out. He wins, goes back to the hotel room where they were staying. She has actually left. He doesn't believe it. Sydney kind of blames Billy, even though Sydney was the one who goaded Billy into going and doing this hustle with him, and says that he is constantly like he's bad for himself. The gangsters come, or the people who he owed money to come. Also, I don't know if you kept track of it the amount of money he won was not enough to pay off these people i didn't keep track of it so he was like because he, he needed eight thousand and he only took from her two thousand five to twenty two thousand dollars i think and if he had won everything back it would have only been like four thousand or something yeah i don't know whatever um and then so he gives them the money and then they photograph him as though he were dead and so for a split second you think that they've killed him in the movie which for in terms of the tonal shift that white man ken jump takes for a second i was like are you for real <laughs> but I, I i had a feeling because there was you know more than two minutes of movie left that they had not actually killed him so with 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 that in mind then sydney continues to say maybe you and gloria are better off without each other and that's kind of well the movie kind of ends with that but we also see the quartet once again yeah and, and i will say the real thing that i wanted to talk about and one thing that i really did appreciate about this is that gloria tells him she's gonna leave and she does yeah and there's not some cheesy scene where she's like oh you rascal you went and gambled the money i told you not to gamble with for the umpteenth time but you won so now i'll take you back and i think there is a bit of reality in that and again white men can't jump for the most part is trying to be based in reality there's no not a lot of cheesy music there's no absurdly overmatched underdog team winning the championship it's just these guys playing ball and hustling and gloria it stands firm and good for her <laughs> she's dating a completely unreliable loser who kept losing all of her money so i hope she went on a great run on jeopardy and i hope she became fabulously wealthy i hope she found a good man who treated her right, didn't mm-hmm. gamble her money away. Absolutely. Gave her children and stayed at home so she could be a Jeopardy champ out in the streets. So that she could learn 
uh, foods that start with the letter Z. So she can learn foods that start with the letter Z and books of the Quran and other important Jeopardy topics. But I just really appreciated that. And in terms of the narrative here, it doesn't always work. The tone is off at times, especially when these like gangster guys from back east get involved in the picture with, with Billy and with Gloria. But for the most part, I did find uh, White mm-hmm. Man Can't Jump to be a pretty fun movie and absolutely worth a watch and, and worthy of its reputation. Where did you land just in terms of your final assessment of the movie? I just... I liked the... and It, it feels like there were there wasn't a single scene that I disliked about the movie in a way that it was shot and in the way necessarily that it was written, except that as a cohesive, it made too many jumps for me. Even then, I, I, I will say, I, I, I'm pretty sure I like this movie more than you do. And I just appreciate how fun this movie is for the most part. But ul- not ultimately. Like, I like this movie. I can see myself rewatching it. It's a very rewatchable... It's a very rewatchable movie. I just do wish it had been more fun in the middle. 100% agreed there. I, The moments when they're leaning into the fun and breezy tone mm-hmm. and the guys are trash-talking and playing basketball, it just hums along. It's yeah. great. When they try to create a more coherent plot and, and <laughs> work with some themes, I guess, it, it kind of gets away from Shelton a little bit. But otherwise, still a movie that both of us like and mm-hmm. recommend. And if you are looking to work, looking to watch it for yourself and see what you think. It is available to stream on Hulu as well as Tubi, at least according to the good folks at Just Watch. You can also rent it pretty much anywhere you can rent movies. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you may be able to find it at your local library. Maybe check it out and borrow it from there. Christian, as you mentioned, next week will be Coach Carter. Is that streaming anywhere folks could find it? Paramount Plus. Streaming on Paramount Plus, folks. If you have that, give it a watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're like me and Paramount Plus list, then rent it or check it out from the library, as we always say. Whatever. Just track it down. And we're going to look forward to watching Samuel L. Jackson take on the role of a basketball coach next week. Until next week, of course, folks, that is our show. So if you're still listening along, we thank you for the support. It means a lot, especially after we have to take unintended hiatuses like we just came off of. We sincerely appreciate the support. There are a few things that you can do, of course, to support the show. Number one, please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if applicable, leave us a rating or a review. Warms our little hearts to see those five-star reviews come in and just helps the show reach more new listeners on a variety of platforms. So whether you're an Apple Podcasts person, Spotify person, Amazon, I don't know, wherever you get your shows, give us a subscribe, helps us out, and we greatly appreciate it. You can also follow the show on Twitter, myself on Twitter, and Christian on Instagram. And the both of us are on Letterboxd, where we're regularly rating and reviewing the things that we are watching. Plus, you can send us an email to cinemadrippodcast at gmail.com. We're regularly checking that inbox for listener feedback. If you have an idea of a basketball movie we should have covered on the show, or if you have a basketball movie that you just love and want to get shouted out on the show, we'd be happy to do that. So please send us an email. Again, it's cinemadrippodcast at gmail.com. Christian... Any final thoughts for the folks listening along at home? No. No final thoughts from Christian this week, folks. So until next time, this has been the Cinema Drip Podcast.